1: You return that I might live in
2: my father Joseph was to follow this protocol, uh, very exact in his approach in addressing Pharaoh to get the job done. Well obviously, notice the result in verse 11, We read and Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses as Pharaoh had commanded. So all is well and uh, he's successful. Have you ever heard
0: a message from God? Sometimes they don't always make the most sense, right? But that doesn't mean we should ignore them by any means. In today's message, Pastor Mike references when the Pharaoh was blessed by Joseph. Even if it was hard to understand at first, it all worked out in the end to the benefit of the Egyptian people. We need to do the same. Sometimes it might feel like God's plan for us involves getting moved around a lot, but that still is His design. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Genesis chapter 47 as he begins his message, Jacob's Blessing.
2: So Genesis chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. So go ahead, let's go ahead and read that text of Scripture. Genesis chapter 47, beginning in verse 1. Then Joseph went out and told Pharaoh and said, My father, who would have been Jacob, and my brothers, their flocks and their herds, and all that they possess, have come from the land of Canaan. And indeed, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to his brothers, what is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, we have come to dwell in the land, because your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and your brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among you, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Then Joseph brought in his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And that's the theme that we want to focus in on, Jacob blessing Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh said to Jacob, how old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage before him. In other words, you know, going back and, and uh, referring to his grandfather Abraham, who lived 175 years uh, and then he went home to be with the Lord. So just a few years, but nevertheless, uh, Abraham actually outlived. Well, not outlived, but he, he lived more years uh, than his uh, grandson, Jacob. Verse 10. So once again, we're told, Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses. As Pharaoh had commanded. Then Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with bread according to the number in their families. Now, let me set this up for you, particularly for those of you who haven't been around or are joining us for the first time. Let's uh, go back and talk a little bit about what's going on here. Jacob, at his son Joseph's blessing, now remember, Joseph at this time, through an unusual series of circumstances, had become the prime minister, throughout all of Egypt, second only to the king, second only to Pharaoh uh, himself. And after his brothers, the brothers of Joseph, have come down to Egypt uh, seeking food, they're standing before Joseph, who is the prime minister, who had disguised himself. After he had revealed his true uh, identity, he beckons his brothers, to go back to the land of Canaan and bring their father, his father, Jacob, back down to Egypt that he might be sustained during the seven years of famine. And listen, let me tell you something, Joseph's family settling into the land of Egypt was no small thing, no small task. And with that said, that actually brings us to our first point, Joseph the ultimate politician. I also should add the ultimate politician as well as a God-fearing man. You see, gang, it is possible to be a excellent politician and at the same time be a God-fearing man or woman. And uh, there's not a lot of politicians who are exactly like that today, as I'm sure you're well aware of. But think about it. Even during the time where Joseph served as Pharaoh's uh, prime minister, he was still faithful in all that he did unto the Lord. And listen, this task of settling, bringing his family down to Egypt to be sustained during that seven years of tribulation, only Joseph, with his wisdom, with his tact, his God-given favor, could accomplish this task that's set before us that's being referred to here in chapter 47. I mean, the reception described here is a most delicate situation. Remember, Joseph's family are all shepherds. And notice, you know, remember last time together, go back to the previous chapter in chapter 46 and verse 34, we are told there that shepherds are described as being detestable. That is, as far as the Egyptians were concerned. Let's read that text of scripture. Go back to the previous chapter, the last verse of chapter 46. And you shall say your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth, even until now, both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Now, exactly why were the shepherds considered by the Egyptians an abomination? Well, there's a couple of different reasons, but I've narrowed it down to this, and I believe that this is the only possible explanation. Some are of the opinion, and I agree with this, that because the Egyptians were plagued for Abraham and Sarah's sake, Remember, uh, so many years before this text of Scripture that we're addressing this morning, Jacob's grandfather had also, during another famine, gone down to Egypt to be sustained uh, by the food that was present there in Egypt. And while he went, remember, he lied about his wife Sarah's identity. And so because of that, remember, uh, Pharaoh because she was a looker, she was a very beautiful woman, and that was one of the reasons why uh, Abraham lied about her identity, because he feared that they would kill him to get next to her. So anyway, Pharaoh thought that Sarah was Abraham's sister. Uh, well, that's what Abraham had said. And so Sarah was taken by Pharaoh and numbered as one of the members of his harem. And if it wasn't for God interceding on Abraham's part, you know, he would have had sexual relationships with his wife, Sarah. But God appeared, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to Pharaoh and warned him and spoke to him concerning Sarah's true identity. But before that, he began to judge the nation of Egypt, because of the fact that Pharaoh had taken Abraham's wife, uh, Sarah. So again, think about this. Because the Egyptians were being now plagued by the God of Abraham, because of Sarah's sake, because of Abraham's lie, right? It made a law, that is, the Pharaoh made a law that for the future, none should converse with Hebrews, nor with foreign shepherds. So to familiarize themselves as to eat or drink with any shepherd was prohibited by the Pharaoh. And so that is a plausible explanation. We're not quite sure. The text doesn't uh, give us any more detail concerning why exactly every shepherd was considered by the Egyptian as an abomination you know, it's been suggested, some of the other reasons, if, you, if you're interested, I'll just throw this in there, but there was a time in Egypt where the Egyptians didn't eat any meat. So, in the handling of the animals, they were considered an abomination. They didn't have anything to do with eating of of meat, the killing of the animals, the shedding of the blood, and so forth and so on. But then also, remember, in one of our previous uh, studies, I, I also mentioned that uh, there were so many gods down in Egypt, and this was exactly one of the reasons why Jacob was a little anxious about going down uh, to Egypt to be sustained during the seven years of famine. He was considering the influence the Egyptians might have on his own family uh, to worship the true and the living God. There were so many gods that they worshipped down there in Egypt. They deified everything under the sun, including the sun. Uh, we'll talk some more about that as well. But all of the creation of the earth. They, they worshipped the, uh, the stars. They worshipped the moon. They worshipped the sun. They worshipped the, the four-footed creatures that inhabited the earth. And so it has also been suggested that because of the fact that they deified certain animals, that was one of the other reasons why uh, they considered shepherds an abomination. Because the very thing that they worship, or the same things that the shepherds were slaughtering, and, uh, and so on and so forth. So, you know, th- just some of the other reasons why they may have been considered uh, detestable. But anyway, uh, so this is no small thing, okay? Uh, remember, again, Joseph's family are all shepherds described as detestable, as far as the Egyptians were concerned. So Joseph wants to place them in the best, in the choicest, in the most fertile, most productive land there in Egypt, the land of Goshen. It was located in the Delta region along the Nile River uh, towards the desert. So here's the question. Did he, that is Joseph, have the ability and influence to do this? Now remember, this is under the heading of the ultimate politician. And uh, to get this job done, again, it took a lot of tact, a lot of wisdom, protocol. Well, the last word was with Pharaoh. So Joseph needed to present his family to them. And how careful he went about this exercised uh, diplomacy following, as I mentioned before, great protocol. Notice, let's go through this. First of all, chapter 46 in verses 33 and 34, he primed or he rehearsed his brothers. How that when presented to Pharaoh, they should answer when addressed by him. You see that in chapter 46 in verses 33 and 34. And then in chapter 47, which is a part of our text this morning in verse 1, he went, that is Joseph himself, went before Pharaoh to announce their arrival and give the details and share all of the arrangements that he had been planning for. Then next in verse 2, notice here in our text also this morning, he presented a five-member delegation of his brothers, and they were the ones who actually made the formal request to dwell in the land of Goshen. But then notice also in verse 7, finally, Jacob, Joseph's dad, is presented to Pharaoh, and then the patriarchal blessing is given The result of which is, and notice how, how careful Joseph was to follow this protocol, uh, very exact in his approach in addressing Pharaoh to get the job done. Well, obviously, notice the result in verse 11. We read, and Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. So all is well, and uh, he's successful. Now, I want to draw your attention to a couple of things here. First of all, I want you to take notice how that Joseph is completely at ease and control of this whole situation that's going on here, that's being depicted for us here in this text of Scripture, Now, you would think that, you know, if we were in Joseph's shoes, I'm sure we would have been a little anxious about uh, this whole thing. Remember, Joseph loved his dad, loved his brothers, wanted to see them sustained during the years of famine. Remember, again, the the obstacles that he had to overcome. And uh, the the Egyptians didn't want to initially have anything to do with the Hebrews because of uh, past experience, Uh, Again, their occupation, being a shepherd, these were all things that had to be overcome. So placing ourselves in Joseph's shoes, I'm sure that we would have been a little anxious, a little apprehensive about uh, this occupation. But we don't see any of that as Joseph goes before Pharaoh. He's completely at ease, in control of the situation here. Now, why was that? Well, we've addressed it. In one of our previous studies, you see, Joseph knew that God had chosen him for this task and had given him spiritual and political wisdom to fulfill it. Remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, leading up to this morning's text, when his brothers actually go down to Egypt for the first time uh, to purchase the food to bring back to the land of Canaan so that they might be sustained. Joseph disguises himself, he gives them a bad time, right? He suggests that they are spies that have come down to spy out the land, and he's just giving them a really bad time, and this was all a part of God's design. We Remember, we talked about this in one of our previous studies, bringing these brothers around to the place of repentance before God, but after he reveals himself to his brothers, who what, 13, 14 years ago, had sold him into slavery. Their intention was to kill him. Uh, remember the great sibling rivalry that existed between Joseph and his brothers. He was favored by uh, their dad, uh, Jacob, above the other brothers. And so he, rather than killing him, he was sold into slavery. He was dealt with uh, treacherously by his brothers. And then after, he reveals himself to his brothers, who's now standing before him, didn't realize that it was Joseph, because Joseph is, is dressed in the Egyptian garb, and he's speaking through an interpreter. And, uh, but then finally reveals himself to his brothers of his true identity. They're thinking, lights out for us, man. This is it. We're going to get some final retribution here and Joseph is going to take vengeance out upon us. But rather than discovering that, what do we find? Well, in chapter 45, let's go back there quickly. In verse 5, we read, And Joseph said to his brothers, who are just shaking in their boots now, "Uh, Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here into slavery. And then he concludes and says, For God sent me before you, to preserve life. Do you see that there? You see, that's the reason why Joseph was confident in accomplishing this task of bringing his family down there in Egypt. You see, what a difference it makes when you know that God is with us, that God has been working behind the scenes, pushing all of the buttons, pulling all of the strings, orchestrating all of the details, And we can have that confidence, confidence for success. Whatever we put our hand to, our success is assured, that is, when God is with us. Whether it's ministry, you know, I remember when we first came back here, it was like, oh my gosh now, uh, almost 36 years ago. And when Pastor Greg Laurie first asked me to come back and and plant the church and begin a ministry in You know, over those 35 years, we've had the opportunity and privilege to minister to literally thousands of people. Not only people who attend our services on a Thursday or a Sunday, but through our outreaches and other things that we've done, crusade ministries and the radio broadcasts and, you know, just all of the things that we've done over the last 35 years. But i got to tell you something. I remember when I first came back here, and Greg wasn't with me at that time. Well, Greg, we were part of a team when I initially came back. And we, uh, we rented the Beacon Theater for two nights. And uh, Richie Fure from Buffalo Springfield, who had a lot of success secularly in music, uh, was our featured musical guest artist. And then Greg spoke. And, and uh, before Greg spoke, he, he would ask me to come out. And I kind of hosted the events. He'd introduce me, let people know what we were doing and what we were thinking about. We were going to plant a church in New York. And we started a Bible study both in New Jersey over at that time, which was the Sheridan, in Hasbrouck Heights, New Jersey, and then one of these uh, hotels which since has become it was on Park Avenue South. Uh, it's now become one of those uh, uh, hotels where they put up people who are, you know, don't have ho- like a homeless shelter. And uh, and so we began, you know, I began teaching there on Thursday evenings, Tuesday nights over in New Jersey and uh, and we had some initially some good success and so I'm thinking, you know what, this is looking pretty good. And I think that we, you know, we might be able to plant a church here in, in Manhattan. And so uh, Mike McIntosh, who at the time was the pastor of uh, Horizon Christian Fellowship in San Diego, California, uh, was in town. And uh, we were doing some things together. I think he was doing the Festival of Lights, or, and so we were working alongside of him. He was doing some outreaches and crusades and some street ministry, And uh, So it was at the point where we had to look for a facility and we didn't know where to go. And I remember being with Mike and Mike and I are walking around New York and, you know, we're visiting different hotel ballrooms and other venues where we might be able to, you know, rent some space to begin holding our Sunday morning uh, services. And I'm thinking to myself, no way this is going to happen. You know, how in the world are we going to plan a church? You know, here in New York, we don't have any money, we don't really know anybody, we don't have any influence, there's no politicians at the time that we can contact for assistance and any of this. And but you know what? God just was so faithful in just lining things up.
1: In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house.
0: You've been listening to Pastor Mike Fenizio here on In My Father's House. He is working his way through the book of Genesis. If you were blessed by today's message and want to pass along the blessing, you can find a link to give to the ministry on our website, harvestnyc.org. We have so much available to you there including many audio messages and links to streamed messages. We stream every Sunday and Thursday service. Once again, that's harvestnyc.org. Another way to pass along the blessing is to share the messages with someone else. Maybe God put someone on your heart today as you listened. You can send them the links as well. In My Father's House is a ministry out of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. We're easy to find, with access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. Come by and see us. But if you're from another part of the country or world, we'd love to know. Please send us a quick note at harvestnyc at verizon.net. That's harvestnyc at verizon.net. It's a great encouragement to Pastor Mike and the team at In My Father's House to hear where these messages are being listened to. There is nothing more beautiful than the global body of Christ. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to our podcast for daily doses of the Word. Just go to Spotify and search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio. And then just click follow. Well, we have filled our time for today. Come back and see us again, because there's no better place to be than in my father's house with you.